0: Fear of losing and fear of not getting what we want. These are the two opaque walls between which we are trapped all our lives. We did a survey among participating artists during an exhibition at Ahmedabad ni Gufa few weeks ago. We asked them about the worst fear that haunts them as a creative person. When we gathered the responses of the artists who spoke with loud clarity about their fears, we found the answers as follows. Gaurangi feared that the novelty of her works may be ignored by her art lovers during an exhibition. Now the fact is, she received good enough appreciation and recognition in India and abroad as artist for many years now. Yet, her fear for losing the consistency of recognition at every stage of life haunts her. Kranti, being a wonderful artist depicting mystic worldview through her abstracts, feels nervous about being rejected by her mentor. She looks for approval from her mentor. She is afraid while doing an artwork that her mentor may not find the art piece good enough. Her mentor guided her so far on her journey as an artist, but then she is always worried that her mentor may discard her as the valued disciple. Sulochana's fear is to fall sick one day that might impair her ability to create more. All her life she pursued art in ardent fervour. Her spirit soars before the canvas. She never ran out of creative art. she trembles at the thought of being sick and hence incapable of painting. Devayani too says that she fears that someday the artist inside her may die unceremoniously when she would live on. She cannot imagine being alive without being an artist. Saranna says, that she is afraid of losing originality under the constant bombardment of wide variety of artworks by social media. The impressions left behind should not overshadow her own nature. It is like the ventriloquist who lost his own voice one day because he could not find it among the crowd of so many voices he had been mimicking all his life. Uh, Then it comes to myself. I myself said that I am scared to wake up one day and find my creative faculties gone for good. I cannot imagine a life when there is no new idea or thought doing rounds in my head. All of us live with the fear of losing what we have. On the other hand, Nitesh said he fears that his journey might end before he is recognized as a legendary artist one day. Here, for Nitesh, the fear is of not getting what he deserves. But one thing is for sure. Fear is out there. And it is there if we do not have what we want, or it is there when we have what we want. In fact, I am tempted to share my experience with one young emerging artist. When she was preparing for an exhibition, she was panicked all the time that her paintings might not get sold. The worry almost disabled her creative faculties itself. She worried so much about her possible failure that she was struggling to pick up the brush. And it happened so that on the very day of the opening of the show, an art dealer bought all her paintings. But as a custom, the artist received a token advance at that time. The rest was to be paid in a few days. Curiously, her happiness survived for hardly an hour or so. Soon, what began was an ordeal for her that her art dealer would not make the balance payment. She was now worse off than before. She muttered all the time that she was cheated. She was fooled. She even tried to malign the curator as well as the organizer that they should not have invited that art dealer on first place. Of course, the curator and the organizer saw the unimaginable ungratefulness in the artist. She more or less was on the verge of burning every breach she made. Hence, it began with a fear of not getting what she wanted and ended with an unbearable fear of loss. All of us swing between the two in this aspect of our lives or that, but the tug of war is not always toxic. In fact, I think that no great creation happens without the tug of war had complete equanimity with everything sorted, made creative personalities, then Lao Tzu, Gautam Buddha, Mahavira, Ramakrishna Paramahansa would have made great artists. But they were not. They did not see any void in life. They saw the balance. They guided mankind about how to find the balance and be in peace. It is us who find unbalance and inadequacy. It is us who see the gaps in our lives and become desperate to fill the emptiness. And when we fill it up, we are nervous that something will be lost and the gap will resurface. Ironically, it does all the time. If nothing is happening, then we dig a hole and create a gap. Creative spark flashes when such anxieties rock our minds. For example, I shall take the reference of one of the greatest mystic poets in human history, Rabindranath Tagore. A large body of his songs were born out of his swinging between obsessive attachment and absolute detachment. But of course, Bengali movies have been using such songs for creating an aura of romantic pathos when the hero was spurned by the heroine. Such misuse of Rabindra Sangeet is a shame However, uh, let me not digress from the topic. One song is as follows. days did not remain trapped in the golden cage, my days of dazzling colors. Now, the tune is extremely sorrowful. A sense of loss resounds all the time. But if we listen to every word, we encounter a contradiction. He used the word trapped. He used the word cage, even if made up of gold. So here the poet wanted to express that the materialistic fanfare was like a golden cage, dazzling yet claustrophobic confinement. He is escaping the trap but not entirely happy. He is sad that he is leaving the fanfare behind, the chase of greed, jealousy and fear behind. Hence his supreme order of mystic songs emerged out of contradiction between attachment and detachment. Similarly, if we look at Mark Rothko's paintings, we tend to get lost in the unbound expanse of red, blue or green. As if we dissolve into an ocean of infinite silence. Rothko killed himself in the end. He slashed his wrist. Why, we don't know for sure. But supposedly, he was tormented all his life that his paintings were misunderstood. In fact, even when he tried to explain, nobody took his explanations. He perpetually turned into an extremely irritable person. In the end, he committed suicide. Now, can someone who enjoyed the ultimate order of enlightenment kill himself? Can an enlightened soul be sorrowful and angry all the time? No, but Rothko was a mystic, and mystics view the entire existence as a whole whose part they themselves are. Hence, being seamlessly unified with the infinite, a mystic does not feel incomplete because there is nothing beyond or outside their existence. Then how come Rothko was sad? It was the tug of war that resulted his creation. The pain, fear, and agonies are part of life as a creative soul. One should not shy away from any of it. Being oversensitive to each of these, the suffering too is high for an artist or poet. But there is not another way. I had read Last for Life by Irving Stone many years ago. It was about the life of Vincent van Gogh. One section in the book made a deep impression in me turned into the cornerstone of my thoughts as an artist and author. I'd like to share that with you. Vaishan Rush was an artist of certain renown. He used to paint landscape in watercolor and his paintings used to sell in the market. You can imagine in today's parlance in India, a kind of senior artist with respect to the struggling Van Gogh. After starving for several days, the wretched and feverish Van Gogh came to the house of the senior artist Vaishnvark to borrow some money. Vaishan Brush had plenty of money, but he believed in living in austerity. His atelier was four flights up with a huge skylight on the north. There was nothing in the workshop to distract the man: no books, no magazines, no sofa or comfortable chair. No sketches on the wall, no window to look out to, nothing but the bare implements of his trade. There was not even an extra stool for a guest to sit down that kept people away. Oh, it's you, is it? He growled without putting down his brush. He did not mind interrupting people in their own studios, but he was about as hospitable as a trap lion when anyone bothered him. Vincent explained what he had come for. Oh no, my boy, exclaimed Vaishan Rush. You have come to the wrong person, the very last man in the world. I would not lend you a 10 sometime piece. Can't you spare the money? Certainly I can spare it. Do you think I am a goddamn amateur like you and cannot sell anything? I have got more money in the bank right now than I can spend in three lifetimes. Then why won't you lend me 25 francs? I'm desperate. I haven't even a crumb of stale bread in the house. Rush rubbed his hands in glee. Fine, fine, that's exactly what you need. That's wonderful for you. You may be a painter yet. Vincent leaned against the bare wall. He did not have the strength to stand up without support. What is there so wonderful about going hungry? It's the best thing in the world for you, Van Gogh. It will make you suffer. Vaishan sat on the lone stool, crossed his legs and pointed a red-tipped brush at Vincent's jaw. Because it will make a real artist of you. The more you suffer, the more grateful you ought to be. That's the stuff out of which first-rate painters are made. An empty stomach is better than a full one, Van Gogh, and a broken heart is better than happiness. Never forget that. That's a lot of rot, to Brush, and you know it. Vaishan Brush made little stabs in Van Gogh's direction with his brush. The man who has never been miserable has nothing to paint about, Van Gogh. Happiness is bovine. It's only good for cows and tradesmen. Artists thrive on pain. If you are hungry, discouraged and wretched, be grateful. God is being good to you. Poverty destroys. Yes, it destroys the weak, but not the strong. If poverty can destroy you, then you are a weakling and ought to go down. And you would not raise a finger to help me. eh? Not even if I thought you were the greatest painter of all time. If hunger and pain can kill a man, then he is not worth saving. The only artists who belong on this earth are the men whom neither God nor devil can kill until they have said everything they want to say. But I have gone hungry for years, Vaishandras. I have gone without a roof over my head, walking in the rain and snow with hardly anything on, ill and feverish and abundant. I have nothing more to learn from that sort of thing. You have not scratched the surface of suffering yet. You are just a beginner. I tell you, pain is the only infinite thing in this world. Now run on home and pick up your pencil. The hungrier and more miserable you get, the better it will work. And the quicker I will have my drawings rejected. Vaishan Brush laughed heartily. Of course, they will be rejected. They ought to be. That's good for you too. It will make you even more miserable. Then your next canvas will be better than the one before. If you starve, suffer and have your work abused and neglected for a sufficient number of years, you may eventually notice I say you may not you will. You may eventually turn out one painting that will be fit to hang alongside uh, of Jane Steen or or Vision brush? <laughs> Just so. Or vision brush. If I gave you any money now, I would be robbing you of your chance for immortality. To hell with immortality. I want to draw here and now. And I cannot do that on an empty stomach. Nonsense, my boy. Everything of value that has been painted has been done on an empty stomach. When your intestines are full, you create at the wrong end. It doesn't seem to me that I have heard you suffering so much. Well, I have creative imagination. I can understand pain without going through it. You old fraud. Not at all. If I had seen that my work was insipid like tea box, I would have thrown my money away and lived like a tramp. It's just so happened that I can create the perfect illusion of pain without a perfect memory of it. That's why I am a great artist. That's why you are a great humbug. Come along. Wish rush, be a good fellow, and lend me 25 francs. Not even 25 centimes, I tell you. I am sincere. I think too highly of you to weaken your fabric by lending you money. You will do brilliant work someday, Vincent, provided you carve out your own destiny. Now run along and stop at the soup kitchen for a bowl of free broth. Vincent stared at Weisandrush for a moment, turned and opened the door. Wait a minute. You don't mean to tell me you are going to be a coward and a wicked, asked Vincent harshly. Look here, Van Gogh. I am no miser. I am acting on principle. If I thought you were a fool, I would give you 25 francs to get rid of you. But I respect you as a fellow craftsman. I am going to give you something you could not buy for all the money in the world. An hour later, Vincent left exhilarated. He had learned more in that short time than he could have in a year at an art school. He walked some distance before he remembered that he was hungry, feverish and ill and that he had not a centime in the world. Now you may wonder, why must one go through such a destructive ordeal? Painting well is not good enough. Why an artist must suffer the grind of heartbreaking rejection? Yes, it is necessary for nature to ensure that the passion is unshakable. The passion for the artist stands on top of all priorities in life. The artist is dedicated in totality to art. The artist cannot help but paint. Art is the lifeline of the artist, the only goal in life, nothing else. Hence, those who cannot endure the agony are not worth saving for the sake of art. Therefore, my dear fellow artists, embrace your pain, love your sorrows, and smile at rejections, and move on.